Joan Calamezzo named a drink after herself called the Joan. What is the Joan? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massage. Treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. Says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. That Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gergich, Gengerich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello and welcome to the Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is episode number 46 being recorded Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. And today I will be talking about some of the best running jokes from the show. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop every Wednesday morning and can be heard wherever you get your podcast now. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. How's everybody doing today? Um, tonight, actually, I guess I should say recording a little late just got home from work. It's uh, 10.38 p.m. Central Time. Um, yeah, and I was going to do this in the morning, but I just figured, what the hell, I'm awake, so I will do it now. So let's get into some filler. Um, this probably doesn't pertain to most of you or any of you, perhaps. Well, at least I know one of you, Mike, wink, wink. But um, I'm going to talk a little baseball real quick, uh, where the White Sox just completed a two-game sweep of the Cubs, which is great. (laughs) Um, As you know, I am a huge White Sox fan, and I hate the Cubs. And uh, these games mostly, especially this this early in the season, are pretty meaningless, but I just like beating the Cubs. So (laughs) uh, that was awesome. Both teams suck, by the way, right now anyway, so uh, it's the small victories, I guess. Um, So... Let's talk about what I'm watching these days. Um, I am watching Superstore for the 50th time. (laughs) And I feel like whenever I'm talking to you guys, it's either the Good Place Superstore or um, The Office. And then there will be like a new one sprinkled in every once in a while, like New Girl or uh, like Happy Endings, which uh, actually I don't know if I was talking about Happy Endings last time I was on the show because that was more recent and that was a shorter one that I finished kind of quickly. Happy Endings, good show. It's on Netflix. So back to Superstore real quick, what I wanted to, and I'm guessing a lot of you have seen Superstore. It's very, uh, it's, it's in the same vein of like The Office and yeah, Parks and Rec and, you know, workplace comedies. Very funny show. I love the show. Um, it's got Brett, the animal control guy. He is uh, in the show. He plays a character named Garrett. And um, Sandra on the show, she was in uh, the episode of Parks and Rec where April, or well, where half of them that where they went to London. And April fell in love with the the Wolverine Wrangler. That's uh, I, I forgot what her name was on Parks and Rec, but she's uh, she's one of the main characters on uh, Superstore. So, uh, but anyway, for those of you who have seen the show, I was wondering 
Does anyone else besides me think that Amy and Jonah, who are arguably the two main characters of the show, are probably the worst characters on the show? Like, they're both hilarious, don't get me wrong. And I mean, like, their their characters are a lot more fleshed out than most of the other ones, except maybe like Dina and, and Glenn. But they're both just like, I mean, I know that like Jonah's got his causes and stuff, and that's not even the main thing because those that's funny a lot of the time. But they're just the two like more Amy. She's just she's so bitchy to everyone like all the time and just has like a shitty like condescending tone all the time. I, I again like America Ferrara like she's hilarious. Like Amy Amy Dubinowski is like a very funny uh, character, and so is Jonah, but. Man, they're just, just watching it more and more. I'm on season uh, five now, so I got one more season to go and then I'm done. But And I have seen it before, but just on my rewatch. But yeah, they're just ugh, just incredibly annoying characters at times. What I wanted to talk about also was Ozark, which just uh, put its final uh, back half of its final season on Netflix. And I just finished that. And man, I'm really bummed that that show is off the air, that it's done. It's uh, I'm happy that they finally reached their um, their conclusion, their resolution. So we got to see where it was going to go. And I'm not going to spoil anything. But if you've never seen Ozark, um, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, I would highly recommend Ozark. I would recommend Ozark anyway. But if you're a fan of those shows, it is it's like in that same vein, definitely, where it's just got like a, a kind of ominous feeling all the time where there's just like dread like looming like you like anyone could just get like you know like a headshot um out of nowhere and uh yeah a lot of characters that you root for in this could just get killed at any time so um yeah that's on netflix i would definitely check it out four seasons uh the second season just dropped or uh, the second season the fourth season uh the second half of that just dropped so all the episodes are available and then, speaking of Better Call Saul, that is actually airing right now. It's final season, and it's been good. And actually, you know what? The, the fourth episode just uh, came out. I don't know. I just watched it actually the other day. It was a little slow, kind of boring. But um, I don't know. I was kind of tired, so I was dozing off when I was watching it. But I was interested if, if anyone wants to reach out and let me know if you've seen all three of these shows, what is your order? Like best to worst? And I hate to say worst because all three of them are amazing shows. But like if you had to rank them, because I would probably, um, I would, I think I might put Ozark first. Call me crazy. But um, Breaking Bad, I just, uh, I, actually, no, I, I have no complaints or I don't know why I did that like pause. Uh, that was an amazing show too. It's just, um, I don't, I think, I liked I liked the ending of Ozark a little bit better than Breaking Bad, and um, I don't know. I just think overall, I feel like Walter White the way he can get in and like out of anything. It's like the same thing with uh, Marty Bird and um, Wendy Bird, the, the Jason Bateman and Laura Linney from Ozark. So it's, there's similarities there, and then just you know, obviously the 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 drug stuff and. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Better Call Saul, which is just a spinoff from Breaking Bad. It's actually a prequel show. So I'm really interested. I, there's, I think like, actually, I don't know if they're splitting this in half. They probably will. Every show does that now for the final season. But uh, I'm interested to see, because obviously this is going to lead up to Breaking Bad. So I just want to see how close they come. And the cool thing with uh, this show is that 
geez, they haven't spoiler. I'll spoil it. This isn't like plot wise or anything, but like they still haven't shown like Jesse or uh, Walter White on Better Call Saul, but they have shown like virtually everyone else, um, uh, like main character wise, like Gus Fring. I mean, they even showed um, they even showed uh, uh, Walt's uh, brother-in-law Hank and his partner uh, uh, Gomez. Is it Steve Gomez? I, I don't recall, but yeah, they were, uh, and these are spoilers for Breaking Bad because it's been off the air for, I don't know, six years. But uh, those characters were killed in that show. So it was cool, like, seeing them come back. They were only on, I think, one episode. But yeah, it's it's awesome um, seeing those characters back again. So I would probably, um, yeah, I would probably say Ozark, Breaking Bad, and then Better Call Saul just because, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's still debatable. Probably just because I'm, I'm still coming down from the high of Ozark because it just ended, but um, it's hard to put really uh, not not too many shows. I don't think go ahead of Breaking Bad for me. Maybe The Wire as far as drama shows. Um, yeah, maybe just The Wire, then Breaking Bad. And then uh, again, I love Lost. I know a lot of people hated it, but uh, I thought it was a great show. Um, a uh, quick reminder too. Um, to shamelessly plug again, if you uh, want to check out my other podcast that I do with my sister called the Horror Copia Podcast, it's on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcast. We just do uh, horror movie reviews. We just uh, recorded the episode for Saw, the first Saw movie, and that will come out on Friday. So tomorrow, for those of you listening to this on Thursday, if you want to check that out, um, go ahead and do that. We just uh, we talk for about an hour, break down the movies. We swear a lot, though, so it's a little different than this show. But uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and then uh, what else we did last week? We did Jennifer's Body. That was a fun one. And then we did Critters before that. I'm not going to say all of them. Just go ahead and check it out if you're bored. Um, Moon Knight. Jeez. So <laughs> Moon Knight, obviously, the... Uh, the MCU show that's airing on Disney plus right now. I can't remember if I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I did the last episode, I probably did, but geez, man, this show is a slog. Ugh. It's like, it's boring the sh- mm, crap out of me. Sorry. I got those swearing tendencies are coming out uh, from the other show, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about this character and I don't think a lot of people did. So I was really excited and I've heard awesome things about the character, but I'm not really seeing them in this show because these are these are long episodes. Like the shortest episode has been probably like 46 minutes. I think the longest one's been like 54, 56, 58. I don't know. So the finale came out today and I've heard it was good. But uh, my brother's usually the one that will text me in the morning and let me know. But he's kind of said that about a lot of them. And to be honest with you, I haven't really thought any of these episodes were good like some were better than others but they're just boring to me and i'm it sucks that in these uh almost five hours that we've seen so far we've seen moon knight in character for about five minutes (laughs) if even that maybe 10 let's say 10 i'll uh give them a little leeway there so but i am gonna watch i'm definitely gonna watch the finale i'm i'm kind of excited because i just i i don't know it's it's the story's been like, okay, I guess, but I'm just, it's not, I don't know. Anyway, so let, let's hope for a, a good uh, a good uh, finale there. But we haven't done Barks and Wreck in a while. So 
So Lucy is getting big. She's getting um, chonky, as my daughter Sadie will call her. And as my wife kind of said to me yesterday, she was like, babe, Lucy's fat. <laughs> and it's like, oh, is she? I don't know. But because uh, she goes to training every week, uh, kennel training and um, just, you know, playtime with um, my, my sister-in-law or my three sisters-in-law. Um, they, they run a kennel out by us and um you know like they they have a a rescue and everything it's great it's a great cause uh bombshell bullies if you're interested if you want to check that out um they're a pit bull rescue um pretty much any dogs i guess but uh, mainly pit bulls but uh anyway so lucy goes out there and she a lot of her um her litter mates actually they will you know they're they're humans will bring them back for uh for playtime and apparently she's the biggest one <laughs> And uh, she's a girl. So her her brothers, I guess, like they're bigger than her, like in stature. But as far as her like girth. <laughs> so, man, I feel bad. She's I hope she can't hear me because she's going to be very shamed. So, um, yeah, the allergies aren't as bad. I'm still getting the shots. And uh, it's actually pretty, pretty sweet because I've, I've heard a lot of things. It's like, oh, these things take years. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not cured by any means. But like the allergy um reactions or the allergic reactions have definitely gotten significantly less significant <laughs> there you go significantly less significant so anyway um but let's talk some parks and rec because i don't have any filler left so, uh, like I said before, we are going to talk about some of the, the running jokes from the show, which is one of my favorite aspects of the show because there are so many of them. And if you're a little confused or if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about when I say a running joke, it's basically just any joke that they keep, that they bring up through like throughout the series, meaning it's in like this episode and then like 10 episodes later, oh, it comes up again. And then five episodes later, there it is again. Or just uh, basic things, which this isn't on my list, but I mean like um, the town of Pawnee, namely Leslie, but like just their hatred of libraries. Like it's brought up numerous times. And like also like uh, Leslie, just again, for an example, like how she hates salads. Like there's one episode where she's telling Sue from Sue's salad, like nobody likes your salads and they make people depressed. And then there's another episode where she's eating salad with Anne and like in the middle of eating the salad, she's so depressed. She's like, I hate salad. <laughs> so funny, actually, like one of the one of my favorite Leslie lines. But um, so that's that's what I mean by running jokes. So I have some here listed there. And again, this is in no order at all, but I, I will have some honorable mentions. I'll maybe throw those in the middle, but. I'm just gonna list off some that I thought were uh, that were my favorites, I guess. Uh, the first one, let's start off with a bang here. Uh, Little Sebastian. So obviously, everyone knows Little Sebastian. He is the the mini horse that is uh, just mysteriously beloved beloved by like the whole town of Pawnee. And I mean, like they give you reasons why they love the animal. Like Ron will tell you, it's like this horse has an honorary degree from Notre Dame, and it's like so like what the hell does that mean to anyone else like it, it, like you're still not telling me like why he he has the degree or like what the hell happened here that uh Notre Dame decided that they wanted to give an honorary degree to a, a, a small horse <laughs> um so it's just it, it's it's absolutely hysterical that you just you have no idea like why like it yeah so 
Um, actually, and there's like, there's an in joke, there's a running joke within this one. And that's with Ben, how Ben is the only person in Pawnee and granted, he's not from Pawnee, but even Chris, you know, he's also, he's, you know, he's from Michigan, but he loves everything. So I guess that's a different story, but yeah, Ben, he's the only one who thinks logically, like we're all thinking right now, it's just like, oh, it's cute and it's hilarious and everything, but like, what the hell is the, I, I don't get it, you know? And just the way that everyone else in town treats him when he, uh, you know, Leslie, get out. <laughs> when he says, yeah, I, it's cute. I, I just still don't get it. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the great uh, thing about uh, the in-joke within the in-joke. But uh, so Little Sebastian and the funny thing for us, because us as fans, we love Little Sebastian. He's in one episode. He's in one episode alive. That is. And even in that episode, which is um, the Harvest Festival episode, he's Leslie already tells us that he's sick or that, you know, he's he's not doing well. He's old and he's he takes the same diabetes medicine as Jerry. And so I, I don't know if they were foreshadowing that or if they even had that in mind that it's like, yeah, we're going to have, uh, you know, because oh, that episode uh, nine episodes later, they did uh, the the episode little Sebastian, which was his uh, memorial. And so he wasn't in that episode, but his like lover was, <laughs> or his, uh, his friend and uh, best friend and lover. It was like two regular uh, horses, I believe. Uh, but um, yeah. So that, like the whole episode is about little Sebastian, but he's not even in it. There's a, there's a couple of pictures of him and they have this huge elaborate gala slash memorial service for him. And it's great. It's a really good episode. It's one of the, I would say it's probably one of the top 10 episodes um, of the entire series. If you haven't seen it, that's season three, episode 16, Lil Sebastian. And then the, we, we actually see another version of him kind of in um, the episode where uh, Leslie and Ben get married. I can't remember. I know it's season five. Uh, I want to say episode 14. I might be wrong, but it's called Leslie and Ben when they're having the gala and they're trying to get everything together for um, their kind of impromptu wedding. And it starts like everything's going wrong. And then all of a sudden, Leslie and Ben, you know, they see each other and it's snowing, which is like it kind of catches them off guard, I think, based on like the time of the year or something. And all of a sudden, Ben is like he's hugging Leslie and he looks over his shoulder and he's just like, what the hell? And little Sebastian's standing across the street. And then, you know, he turns Leslie around and she's just like, oh, my God, like she's in shock. And then you hear a guy call, and this is Dave King, actually, who is one of the, the writers of the show. He's uh, playing the the little Sebastian lookalike, we find out, uh, Wrangler, I guess, or Handler. And so they're just like, oh, my God, it's little Sebastian. And he hears him, and he's like, oh, no, that's, uh, I can't remember the, the, the other small horse's name. And they're just like, no, 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 that's Lil Sebastian. Like, they don't care because they're about to get married, so they want it to be Lil Sebastian. Or at least Leslie does, and then Ben just plays along. And then the last time we see Lil Sebastian is in the episode Moving Up, which is the, the season six finale where uh, everyone gets on stage with Mouse Rat and, um, well, everyone uh, everyone up on stage, Mouse Rat, Genuine, um, Oh, geez. What is the band called with the red shirts? Oh, Bobby Knight Ranger. <laughs> Such a, it's like the best name ever. Uh, but yeah, and they sing uh, 5,000 Candles in the Wind, which is the iconic song that Mouse Rat wrote, which I talked about a couple weeks ago or like a month ago. I don't know how long it's been on that Mouse Rat episode. 
But uh, in that one, though, it's just a hologram of little Sebastian that pops up. And it's another hilarious scene because it just, of course, the camera zooms in on Ben and he just looks at us and shakes his head like, what the hell? Like, I seriously, like to Ben, it was probably like, I thought we like we maybe like we got over this guy because it's been a few years. But Ben just doesn't realize that these people are like obsessed with uh, little Sebastian. So, um. And then also, uh, speaking of The Good Place, which I talked about uh, a couple minutes ago, Lil Sebastian actually has a cameo in the episode. Uh, it's the season three, episode seven episode, The Worst Possible Use of Free Will. And that's the one where it's like pick a pet day. And El Eleanor gets the iguana that's like climbing on her head. And Jason gets a monkey. And Chidi gets the owl that's attacking him. And then Tahani turns herself into a centaur, which is really hot, actually. Um, Actually, Leslie's a centaur, too. We'll get to that later. But um, anyway, in that episode, there's a very, very quick scene where you can see a couple in the background walking Lil Sebastian. And it's clearly, I mean, it doesn't have to be Lil Sebastian. It, it could just be a mini horse. But um, Darcy Carden, who plays um, Janet, she posted a she posted pictures on like uh, social media around then. It was like Lil, like she posted pictures of candles and stuff. So. I don't know. And maybe that was just her saying, it's like, oh, it's got to be him. But why else would this mini horse be on this other show that Michael sure did? So anyway, uh, little Sebastian, awesome running joke. Uh, the next one I have is Ben's fear of police. This is one of my favorite ones. But I, then again, Ben, Ben has a lot of running jokes on here. Maybe they're just like the ones that I maybe actually everyone's got like a ton of running jokes throughout the series. But I, I love Ben's probably because he's my favorite character. But so this one here, um, yeah, you, you, as far as we know, like he's never had any altercations with police. He doesn't have any reason to fear them, but he, I mean, we don't have to get political about this with this day and age, but you know what I mean? Like in the show, at least, um, he just, he says at one point and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't have any because they terrify me. And he just comes straight out and said, he's like afraid of police. I guess he's just probably because they have guns and he's, you know, he's just, they're very authoritative. And it's maybe since he's always such a hard ass, or at least he was with Chris, maybe, um, maybe he sees cops the way that most other people see him and they like, they kind of fear him <laughs> and think he's an asshole. But um, yeah, so the the first one you see when they meet Chief uh, Trundle for uh, when they're trying to get the police support for uh, for Leslie and or, or the, maybe this is uh, his retirement one. I, don't, I forgot which one. But yeah, Ben meets him and he just comes in and he's so awkward. And, you know, the guy, uh, <laughs> the, the, the chief is just such a well, he loves Leslie, but he's just like he's looking at Ben just like what the hell is wrong with you. You know, he's just like straight up asking him, like, why, why are you acting like an idiot? What the, what the hell? And uh, then, like, when they're at the the chief's uh, retirement party, they, um, they're eating pizza. And Ben's just like, eh, it's good pizza. And the guy's like, yeah, it's good. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And the guy's like, yeah, he said it's good. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's so, yeah. And then um, my favorite scene, though, with the cops and Ben is where they're at the bar. I think it's that same episode. They're at the bar. And. Uh, the, the officer we see the most who is, uh, officer Randy Kilnose, and he's like always screwing with Ben. Like he's the one that, uh, arrested Ben and was questioning him when, uh, he had the counterfeit cheese or the illegal cheese that he smuggled into <laughs> smuggled into the United States. And, uh, he was also the one that asked Andy when Andy was taking the lie detector test 
and he asked him, what would you do if you pulled your dad over? And Andy's like, well, first I'd be like, dad, you're alive. So he's, he's in a bunch of episodes. He's actually, he's even in the Johnny karate uh, episode at the, the end there. But he, um, he walks up to Ben and he's just like, Hey man, you want a drink? Ben's like, Oh yeah, you know, I might have a drink. And then like another cop comes around and this guy's in a bunch of episodes or like he's in like five or six episodes. And he's just like, Oh, Hey man, if you're drinking, you can't have, you know, if you're driving, you can't drink. And Ben's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Then I won't have a drink. And the other guy's just like, come on, dude, it's a party. You gotta. And he's like, Oh, all right, then maybe I will. And then back to the other cop, dude, don't make an, don't make a, a, a decision that'll, that'll ruin your life. And Ben's just like, what do you want me to do? Or he's like, please tell me what you want me to do. It's, it's so funny. I mean, just like how the, and the cops know it too. Like later on in the series, this uh, officer, uh, Kill Nose, he's just calling him Wyatt. So, I mean, like he's pretty familiar with him now. And uh, obviously they all know Leslie. So he they're probably just like, hey, that guy over there is terrified of us. So go screw with him. Um, and um, yeah, so that's that's I mean, there's there's other instances. And I, I should have probably said it beforehand for some of these um, these callbacks and uh, running jokes. I'm going to I'm I'm not missing things because I, you know, like, because I don't know them. It's just because I'm giving examples. Cause I'm like this next one here, which is uh Leslie's compliments for Anne. There's dozens upon dozens of them. I wrote down like 10 of them because my wrist was starting to hurt. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Leslie, of course, her best friend is Anne, and Anne can, uh, no, that's not true. I was going to say Anne can do no wrong in Leslie's eyes, which is the way she talks sometimes, but they have some actually like some pretty serious little spats, like the the episode, the fight. And just so you, Leslie calls her out a bunch, you know, about her boyfriends and stuff. And Leslie's actually kind of like crappy to her sometimes, you know, I think. And, but then again, Anne is just more of a, her character. That's why I love her character so much is that she's more down to earth and where Leslie's like super uptight and she's got like a strict way of doing things. But so... Yeah, I, uh, I'm just going to list off some of these um, these compliments. So here we go. And you beautiful tropical fish. And you beautiful rule-breaking moth. And you beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful musk ox. And you cunning, pliable, chestnut-haired sunfish. And your brain is almost as perfect as your face. And right now you're the most beautiful, glowing sun goddess ever. And you beautiful, naive, sophisticated, newborn baby. And you poetic, noble land mermaid. Okay, so th those are the ones I wrote down. And there are so many more. But I their friendship is great. I love it. And then um, I guess, you know, like during the show and then even now, they're still really good friends. And I love that. And then they, I think they, they knew each other before this show, I believe, from like SNL or possibly just like, you know, the comedy scene. But their, their, their chemistry is amazing. And I... Mm, awesome so okay so uh the next running joke on my list is jerry's many talents so jerry obviously the butt end of most of the jokes is almost all the uh the the jokes at least in the office and in, in city hall uh jerry gergich uh gary gergich actually is a very very talented man and he actually, uh, as we know, has an amazing home life where he has three beautiful daughters and he's married to uh, Christy Brinkley. 
and you know he's got this wonderful home and and, and I love the, when when Leslie goes over there for his um his retirement when she wants to give him the the scrapbook of what she made for him you see that when he's at home he's like the exact opposite like Leslie knocks or she, she bumps a glass and Jerry's like whoop like he stealthily like goes down and catches it and he's like whoa watch out silly goose and then he like flips it and catches it and the whole family gets all excited, you know, and, and Leslie's just like, what the hell is going on here? Like under, you know, kind of like under her breath. But so anyway, um, Jerry is an amazing artist. We know that because he did the mural, which was the mosaic of all the the different. The, I think he didn't he say it was like a picture of every single person from Pawnee. And he turned it into uh, a picture of the city hall, which is incredible. And then. We know he he painted the picture of Leslie, the centaur picture, which I brought up before. And he also there was uh, the first episode of season three when they when they were coming back to work. He was painting that amazing picture of uh, just a beautiful lake, you know, in the woods in the background. And that's the one when, when Leslie's getting the gang back together. She's recruiting everyone, letting them know that that, you know, city that they're getting their jobs back, that city hall's back open. And she comes rolling up and Jerry's just like, Oh my God, Leslie, it's so good to see you. And she's like, you won't need this anymore, Jerry. And she just takes his painting and just like frisbees it into the water. And he just, you know, he puts his hands to his head like the, Oh my God. But it's just, it's so amazing. Cause it, one that Leslie just cares that little about Jerry and like his feelings, but she just assumes because of like how much she loves work. She assumes that they're all going to be like, hell yeah, we're going back to work. We also see in a couple episodes that he's very good at playing the piano. Like he plays, um, oh, I believe he plays the piano on the, the telethon episode. And he's, he's like, a, it's a classical one. It's a very popular one, but I don't know anything about uh, pianos <laughs> so or, or like composers and whatnot. So um, I can't help you there. But then, um, yeah, we also see him playing piano in the episode where they, uh, they're they doing the, the camping trip. And at the end, him and Ben are sitting with that, that kind of crotchety old woman and Jerry's playing the piano very beautifully. And then it just cuts to Ben and he's just like, yeah, she died like 20 minutes later, which is one of my favorite lines from the entire series. It's just so morbid because they're showing this wonderful scene of Jerry ben and this old lady and there's like cats everywhere but jerry's playing the piano and she's knitting and then he's just yeah yeah she died so um we also know that he can cook and he can dance which we see in the episode uh anniversaries where he goes out with ben and spends the day with him because leslie can't because she's uh she's trying to get uh the older couple back together um the two that hate each other and um we also know that that man has the largest penis I have ever seen. I actually don't even know if he has mops. Forgot to look. I was distracted by the largest penis I have ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe that's how he uh, scored Christy Brinkley. And I keep saying Christy Brinkley. Obviously, that's the actress. His wife's name is Gail Gergich. But she is a stone cold babe, and it's just still hilarious that they're married. Uh, and that's actually, again, an inside joke within an inside joke that involves Ben Wyatt is how he cons he can't get over the fact that they're married. Like how he always is like, 
wait, uh, did, did her fan or did her father witness your father or did your father witness her father kill someone? And that's how they're like, like, he just can't bend again. He's thinking logically. It's like the little Sebastian thing. It's just like, why the hell doesn't anyone else see what I'm seeing? So, uh, because everyone else is just like, oh my God, you know, Jerry's beautiful family, but no one else questions it. You know, they just kind of, they probably have in the past, actually, maybe if this is just Ben finally catching up with everyone else. But, um, and then he also, he becomes mayor and granted that was just, that has nothing to do with, you know, anything that he did because Ben just kind of looked over and was like, Hey, Hey Gary, he was Gary at the time or Larry, maybe Terry. I'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, so he, uh, but, but he still held the position of mayor from when he got it, which I would think Jerry was like late fifties, probably 60, maybe. Uh, until he died at the age of 100. So for 40 years, he was mayor of Pawnee. That's pretty incredible. Um, also, he uh, he created renewable clean energy. If you'll remember in the episode where Tom's doing kind of like a shark tank thing and he's trying to get people to, to you know, he wants to invest in some inventors and Jerry comes up and it's so far. I mean, you can just tell by what Jerry's holding that it's like, oh my God, like this is, this is pretty incredible. But sure enough, he walks up and Ron's like, I'm going to go hit the can. And he walks away. And then like, uh, I think April says something too, but Jerry tells them that he created um, renewable clean energy and he has this like little wind turbine thing, but then he sneezes and he drops it and it just explodes. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's so good. And that actually uh, leads me to uh, what my next uh, running joke is, and that is Jerry's clumsiness and mishaps. So uh, we know uh, very early on he fell into uh, the creek when he was reaching for a burrito when he was... Uh, Another great line when uh, they're in the hospital. So what happens is, yeah, Jerry is, he was walking his dog and he was bending over to pick up a burrito that he some for some reason dropped into a creek and he fell and like fell on his shoulder and like broke his collarbone or something. Um, but uh, he, when they're at the, the doctor's office and they're asking him what happened, he's like, well, I was walking Lord Sheldon and April just cuts in and she's like, ew, is that some kind of weird sex act? And that's... Again, it was just so funny because it was so unexpected. But you think of like all these like all these screwed up like sex names and and then she's just like, walking Lord Sheldon. Like, what the hell would that be? I mean, like, uh, you know what? Here, let me I'm going to get really graphic and sexual here and talk about those things. No, um, actually, maybe I'll do that on like the unrated version. But no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just a great scene. So. Uh, we also, uh, so we see when he puts the, actually in that same episode, he's up giving a presentation and Leslie tells everyone just, Hey, she's like, take it easy on Jerry. You know, it's like, da da da. And they're having such a hard time doing it because he's giving a presentation and he's doing a slideshow and right off the bat, it, the, like the first pictures he's, he put the wrong film in and it's pictures of him and Gail's vacation to Muncie, Indiana. Which is just that's another running running joke with Jerry that he him and him and Gail love Muncie like they have a timeshare there, and it's, so it's just it's it's hilarious. But um, so the first slide is him like he's like hey like waving you know like Gail took the picture and it's just like a totally dorky picture. It's it's cute like for him and his wife you know, but of course the rest of them see it. And Tom's like trying so hard not to actually Tom's one that's like you 
you have a timeshare in Muncie? Like, trying not to laugh. And and then that's when he also, uh, he drops something and he bends over and just his pants literally rip right down the butt crack, like, and then he farts. <laughs> so it's just perfect. And they're just, they're all trying so hard not to laugh. Uh, really funny scene. Uh, he also had the fart attack, which that wasn't his fault, but it was still like, of course, it's, it's a negative thing to not negative, but it's like tagged against Jerry. But yeah, when he, uh, he came out of the bathroom and Leslie and Ann were trying to scare Tom because they thought he was coming out. And so they like jumped out and Jerry had a heart attack and then he just started farting for like a good, you know, 10, 20 seconds. And uh, Tom, after they go back to Dr. Harris and Tom is, he keeps asking him leading questions because he wants him to say that Jerry had a fart attack, but he never does. Uh, so um there's also when he drops the ice cream at sherm's i'm jumping around season wise here this is in the episode um two parties when uh, all the guys are out doing their thing and they're at uh, jerry's favorite place which is sherm's ice cream shop and he has he's eating an ice cream cone and all of a sudden he goes to take a bite or like to get a lick and the top one just falls right off and then immediately like before anyone can even say anything the owner sherm walks over with a brand new cone for him it's it's really cute actually like it's a it's it's an awesome scene because i I probably talked about this on like a jerry's episode like a later one this might be jerry's only friend um we do know that jerry has a punching bag and that's kyle um not not a we just see in a couple episodes he he actually talks down to kyle but anyway yeah sherm like this guy because i think it's chris or uh ben he asks, he's like, how did you have that ready so fast? And he just says, he drops, he drops, he does this every time he's here. So I always have a backup, you know, ready to go. And I just, I love that so much. And the good thing, the awesome part about this too, and I know I'm supposed to be talking about Jerry's downfalls, but um, the guy, Sherm, he calls him Gary, which is Jerry's, <laughs> Gary, which is Jerry's birth name, but we all know him as Jerry. That's what I'm calling that. But um, yeah, it's awesome. So again, there, this guy actually called him by his name. So I think this is like a genuine friend of Jerry's. Not like they hang out and stuff, but like Jerry, well, that and they go there all the time. They probably spend a lot of money, but this guy actually like knows Jerry and probably his family. So I thought that was a really, uh, really awesome scene. But um, yeah, the episode where his family is having the Christmas party. And after at the end, when he finally uh, actually he didn't even know what was going on. Uh, Anne was the one that wouldn't let uh, Tom, April and and uh, Andy in. And then Jerry finally, you know, he he comes out and he sees him out there. And, you know, of course, he lets him in right away. And he, he did send them uh, invitations for the party. But I guess, oh, yeah, Tom set up a, a thing where it would send any mail from Jer- uh, Jerry just to like a, a junk, like a spam folder, basically. So they were all pissed off at first that he didn't invite them to this amazing Christmas party he was having. And it turns out he did. But anyway, so he lets them in. And sure enough, I think Andy's the last one and just closes the door or pulls it shut before Jerry can come in or he just like slams it on him, but like not even not to, not to be an, like a, a dick. He just like, he's not thinking. And he's probably just, you know, when you, when you're the last one and you close the door thinking that either Jerry went in already or just like caught up in the moment, like, yeah. So anyway, Jerry gets locked out of his own house. So good stuff. Um, 
uh, Tom's Bistro in the episode moving up when he knocks over like three or four entire like racks of wine glasses and plates and everything because he drops a plate and this is when they're getting ready to open Tom's Bistro. He drops a plate and Andy's or uh, sorry, uh, Tom's like, you know what, Jerry, I'm actually I'm not even mad. And you had like as a viewer, you're kind of surprised. You're like, wow, that's mature of Tom because Tom takes like every opportunity he can to just you know, to crap on uh, Jerry, but he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm not even mad. It's, it's tradition that, or it's, it's superstition. You know, like if you, if you break one glass, that's good luck. And then he, he falls into one of the racks and just like they domino, there's like three or four of them and everything just breaks like all the silver, or not silverware, all the, all the dishes, all the wine glasses, everything. It's, it's hilarious, especially like right after Tom's like, Hey man, it's okay. And then later on in that episode, the same one, uh, uh, Tom's talking to the uh, the guy that's going to uh, be like a partial investor in the restaurant. And Jerry just comes up. He's like, oh, my God, Tom, I'm so sorry I screwed up. I must have given them the wrong picture for the menus. And it's like they actually show you the picture. Luckily, we don't. I mean, it's like it's oh God, what is it? It's like a wart on his dog's butt. Something I, I, yeah, he says it's like, uh, it's something on Lord Sheldon's rectum. It's such a gross picture because like Tom, Tom's like, what is that? A rotted grapefruit? And it like, it like, yeah, when you first see it, you're like, Ugh. and then when you find out what it was, you're like, Ugh. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, he had all these menus printed up for it. And it's hilarious later when April has to go out to a table and just tell them the menu off of memory because they obviously they're not going to put those menus out for people to see. And she just starts rifling off like Linguini, Fettuccini, Ferrari, Lamborghini, you know, like just being typical April. And one of the guys like he's like, what would we don't there's no menus. Why don't we have a menu? And she's just like, yeah, Jerry, uh, Jerry put pictures of his dog's rectum on the on the uh, the menu. <laughs> and she just tells the guy straight up. He's just like, oh, what? And uh, another one where he just uh, I can't even remember the episode because this is just such a like more of an insignificant one. But when he just goes to get up and you realize he actually put his belt for some reason, he was putting his belt on while sitting in uh, this chair and he put like the belt through one of the chair um, like rods in the back. So he just tethered himself to uh, the chair like an idiot and he tries to get up and the chair stuck to him. They're uh, in, in the Parks and Rec special when he is mayor and he's doing the Zoom call with everyone. He's he keeps putting the filters on on accident, you know, like so he's he's talking and it's like he's got like the puppy nose and the like the ears and everything. And he does it like he's trying and then the, he's actually got like the like the the shit face, I guess, whatever you'd call it, like the poop face. And uh, yeah, so it, it was it was pretty funny, actually, like it, it got a little old, but it was still just like another example of him. Um, you know, being kind of a dope. So, um, yeah. And then just, uh, when he, uh, when he forgot to vote for Leslie during the election <laughs> and it's, it's so good too, because he's like so worried. And then at the end when Leslie wins and everyone's celebrating, so like, yeah, yeah, let's go celebrate. And Jerry just, he just, or, uh, Ron just cuts and he's like, Jerry forgot to vote. <laughs> Damn it, Jerry. Um, when he was, when he got, uh, he, he started or his arm caught on fire. Uh, at his own retirement party when they were having the cake for him, which is so funny too, because he's given a speech and Don is just like, your arm's on fire. <laughs> and sure enough, he destroys the cake and everything. And, or no, that's when uh, Tom, Tom grabs the fire extinguisher and just goes nuts with it. Like you can tell he's, 
just being an a-hole to Jerry because he like uses way too much when the fire's obviously out. But then everyone's like, oh, you ruined the cake, Philo, because they, they're making fun of him in that episode, calling him Philo Pilo. So um, it's kind of funny that part actually tur- gets turned around on Tom, who's just trying to be a jerk. And uh, and then uh, to end it off, the which we see in uh, season seven, in the final season, where uh, which is a really great scene with Donna and Jerry, just uh, that that little. Uh, well, it's not just one scene. It's a little story that's going on, but. Jerry is out in the courtyard and he's using like, he's got like a little rope, like he's trying to fish or a little string. Sorry. He's trying to fish something out of a sewer grate. And Donna just comes over. She's like, what are you doing? And he dropped his wedding ring in there. And so she's just like, do you mind if I hang out with you? He's like, oh, sure. You're... And you find out later on because Donna just, she calls a maintenance guy and just has them open the grate. She comes over to his house the next day and she has a freezer bag full of valuables like there's probably like a couple thousand dollars worth of just jewelry and other things he dropped in there and it's it's so funny because as she's talking to him he drops like two or three more things in there and she just starts laughing like not to be like a like a jerk or anything but just laughing because she's like i can't believe this because this is season seven when the group is kind of like split up a little bit when they don't all work together anymore so she was just really happy to see jerry again and She's just kind of reminiscing. So uh, moving on, treat yourself is uh, the next one on my list of running jokes. So this is this is more when I put, I put this on there because, I, again, like I, I, I think treat yourself hilarious. But like I I don't love like that, like as much as a lot of people, like I don't go around saying it all the time and like celebrating it because I guess a lot of people do like they really use this as a model when they go out and like do this. And what treat yourself is treat yourself is uh, Tom and Donna. They just they go out and they just spend extravagant amounts of money on stupid crap that they don't need that they just want to spend their money on. Or it's like I guess it's like stuff that would be on like a wish list. You know, that you're like, I would never buy this except and then this one day you're just like, you know what? The credit cards are coming out and I don't even care. So they do that and. It's it's kind of like Galentine's Day because they're actually celebrated like meta, like in this world. You know, there, there's greeting cards for Galentine's Day, uh, which is another running joke. Actually, we only see that twice. So I guess it could be a running joke because they bring it back. But it's not like a, a, a significant as significant as Treat Yourself, which is also only two episodes in the second episode. The first one is in Pawnee Rangers when they go out. And then uh, the second time is... Um, season seven the the episode save jj's and that one they actually they go all out they go to uh, beverly hills and one of my uh a scene that i love so much in that uh episode when tom and donna are in beverly hills they're they're eating and donna just says to tom she's like josh groban is sitting right behind you but don't look like be subtle and right after she said that, he immediately just like, like shoots his head around just like a full 90 degree turn. and just looks right and stares at him, too. It's so funny. It's, a, it's such a great scene. Um, so then the next thing on my list is uh, Ben and the accounting firm. So the accounting firm is called Tilton and Radomsky Accounting. And it is led by, uh, well, Colette, I believe. Or actually, we don't even know if Barney is in charge over there. We do see he's like, in, he's obviously in charge of the, the hiring process. But there's another guy named Ted. 
that we never see, but we always just hear Barney yelling to him. And so I would think that this is probably like, because Barney is not one of these two. He's not Tilton or Radomski. His Barney Varm, Varmn, V-A-R-M-N. That's his last name. So um, I don't know. Maybe he's actually, maybe he's like a partner now. Maybe this is just an older firm and like the other two are gone. But either way, uh, he he hires Ben on three different occasions and Ben uh, quits every time. And the, the best one though is the last one where he he offers Ben a job. Like the, it's when they're out after the, the Unity concert and he's just like, oh my God, you know, it's someday you'll come work for us. And Ben's just like, you know what, Barney? He's like, I, I think I'm ready. I'm going to do it. And Barney gets all excited that he's just like, wait, no, I what the hell am I talking about? I can't do that. And Barney's just like, oh, that was the shortest one yet. <laughs> but he he loves Ben so much. And it's, you know, everything from Ben's terrible jokes, like when he's walking out of Barney's office and he's like, okay, uh, calculator. And Barney, like the, the way he reacts to these terrible jokes, which I think they're hilarious. I love dad jokes. But Barney thinks they're so funny. And that's most of when he yells to Chad. And he's like, wait till dad comes in and then tell him the joke. <laughs> it's so good. So, um, but yeah, the, the, just the accounting firm in general, like the, the fact that they, uh, they, they show them over and over again is amazing. And it's like when, when, and it's not even with just Ben, because there's the, 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 the amazing, uh, the oneer that, uh, Ben Schwartz does as John Ralphio and, uh, one being like a one scene, a one shot, all in one take where he he comes in and he gets hired and fired like within 45 seconds. It's it's just such an amazing scene where he walks in and he just starts having a conversation with Barney and they do like a loop around the office and the camera follows them the whole time. And he just reveals all this right off the bat that he totally lied on his application. He doesn't know anything about QuickBooks, you know, or spreadsheets or anything. And he sexually harasses uh, a, a woman and I'd actually, I have found this out listening to Parks and Recollection. What he says to her, he says, um, I can't remember what the line is, but he calls her like Diaz. And at first I was like, what the hell is DS? Like I couldn't figure it out, but he's saying like Diaz, like 10 in Spanish, like you're a 10. So actually maybe some people figured that out. I didn't. <laughs> so uh, in case you were curious, like I was, that's what he meant there. Um, and then also the accounting firm actually back to Ben they they had uh the cones of dunshire donated or they had it um what did they have uh created in his name they got like a patent for it and that was pretty awesome because when he uh one of the longer times he worked there which was like a week or something or maybe a couple days that was like the longest one he solved this huge case for them that they had been working on for like months or something and then he came in and he's just like uh yeah don't need to get into what he's because it doesn't really matter without telling the whole story. But anyway, he, he solves this case and they're just like, they, they all fall in love with them and they, they throw him a calzone party because they know he loves calzones and he tells him he has to quit. But then that's the episode where um, he makes the cones of Dunshire, which uh, is one of the honorable, honorable mentions actually for these uh, uh, the cones of Dunshire, the game that Ben made. And then it is brought back up in uh, season six, moving up when he ends up playing against the Grizzle guy and he beats him. And then it is also brought up in um, the, the the finale of the show. Um, what the hell is it? Uh, One Last Ride, where 
April and Andy come over to their house and like he's dressed up as one of the guys and he talks about how there was a sequel made called like the winds of Tremora. And the best thing is like the little description on the box, it's the box that says like painfully intricate or something like that. It's just like, I love the word painfully in there. Um, but yeah, the, uh, so the, the accounting firm, when uh, they were having the party for him and then he told him he had to quit, he sent them a, a package and he's like, hey, he's like, if anyone will appreciate this game, I think it's you guys. And he gives them, you know, the cones of Dunshire and they're immediately like they they, they go in and they, they, they play. But then we find out at the end of uh, the episode uh, moving up season six finale that that's when Barney comes over and he's like, yeah, we, we all love the, the, the game so much. And like, they all love him so much. So they actually sent, they sent the game in and got a patent on it. So like he actually owns the rights to it and they can sell it and everything. So that was actually pretty awesome. But yeah, just been in the accounting firm, like that, that whole angle there that they kept bringing back was so good. And then actually in uh, season seven, they convinced Barney to hire April, like without even meeting her, her, without meeting her or even doing uh, like an interview or anything like that. And then it's so good because like they've convinced him to give uh, her the job and he's real excited and everything. And then Ben's just like, she doesn't want the job, <laughs> you know? And then it's just Barney again, like, Oh, like sad, but he's like, well, maybe, well, just, we still hope someday we can get you to work in here, Ben. At this point, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, name off the honorable mentions these are other ones that i really loved but i wasn't going to get uh uh into detail like the other ones so uh the first one being the uh the pawnee raccoon problem uh also ron's nicknames the ones that ton is ton the ones that tom is constantly giving him ton rhymes with ron uh people falling in the pit First, it was uh, Andy, which we didn't get to see that. But then uh, Leslie Felon, then Mark. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the Cones of Dunshire, like I said before. Uh, Leslie's run-ins with uh, Councilman Hauser. <laughs> and then uh, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Terry, Barry. Yeah. So those are the honorable mentions. So next up on my list, the crazy townspeople of Pawnee. So... Um, you know, you, you have, there's, there's so many of them. There's Gretel, there's chance that chance, which I did find out on parks and recollection that they did name him that because he does chant, uh, which I did say like way back when that I, that, that was a theory of mine. Maybe that was just like pretty blatant, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool to be like, Oh, that makes sense. And just figure it out before actually hearing Alan Yang tell me. But anyway, yeah, he's the one that's always, uh, you know, your daughter is an idiot or we're not against you on this one. We're not that guy always trying to get everyone to start chanting, but no one ever does. Uh, the reasonableists, you know, the people like who follow Zorp, <laughs> like it's just it's so uh, the town hall meetings in this show are one of the best thing about it because it's just constantly these idiots and th these people who bitch and complain about the stupidest things. And like, there's this guy here who's only in one episode, but um, he has this conversation with Andy. My bird is missing. I need a permit to post signs. Uh, let me just look for that form. There's no time. He can fly. My bird is missing. So. Mm.
My bird is missing. I need a permit to post signs. Uh, let me just look for that form. There's no time. He can fly. That one is so good because the guy is so angry. It's just, it, it's amazing. And because uh, Andy's, he's doing chores or he's doing the, he's like doing everything to uh, prove to April that he loves her. So one of the things is she makes him work the the front counter uh, to just to deal with like the idiotic complaints. And that one's so good. And like you also have just like the pains in the ass. Like I talked about uh, a lot of them on the last episode, like the enemies of note, but like the Langmans, uh, Marshall and Marsha, you know, they're just like they're the 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 crazy, um, you know, religious uh, cult, basically like uh, runners and they uh, and like. Just like some of the rare, like the the random ones, like Garth Blunden, and that was uh, Pat Oswalt's character, the one that was the huge uh, Pawnee historian guy. That was like it, actually like you found out in the end that he was just like actually kind of pathetic. I mean, well, you kind of knew that from the start, but then you find out why. And it was like, eh. but he uh, he's the one that um, successfully predicted uh, the the Boba Fett um, coming out of the Sarlacc pit, which they did show uh, spoilers. Sorry. Uh, in the very, very horrible Boba Fett show that was on Disney Plus. Yeah, I said it. It sucked. It was terrible. Um, but uh, like Mel, the guy who's always uh, screaming, like, I'm not always angry. You know, like the kind of balding guy with the the, the glasses. Oh, my God. Uh, so many good ones. Um, especially on the episode with uh, the, the time capsule. That's when you get that's one of the best ones because you, there's there's so many of them there and you just get to hear like. <laughs> just so much stupidity um and the guy uh pearl who's played by mike scully who's one of the writers he's the uh, again he he has like the pig fetish he likes the little pig uh stuffed animals uh like hamuel l jackson uh, from from pork fiction uh but yeah just just i mean there's so much and i did uh, if you go back um three or four or eh, like yeah four episodes uh, you, you just listen to that episode, the citizens of Pawnee. And it just, I mean, it talks about like a lot of the normal people too, but I mean, mostly, um, more of the stupid, <laughs> just the, the stupidity that goes on this town. And, uh, a lot of these people that go to these town hall meetings all the time. It's just, it's so good. Okay. Uh, so next on the list for running jokes is the city hall murals. So the city hall murals, I mean, it's, pretty cut and dry. They're just giant murals that hang in city hall and they are all highly offensive and they're all absolutely hysterical. And just so like, like jaw dropping, like that these things are, I mean, like we know what this town is that it's just, it's ridiculous. And these people like, eh. but uh, just some examples. I, I just got a few here. This isn't all of them, but like uh, the one that's called, they had to change the name. Now it's called Sunday boxing, but it used to be called, a lively fisting and that's the one with uh the man just punching the woman in the stomach like her just like literally like he's giving her like an uppercut almost but to the stomach so or actually no i think it's just like an overhand punch but either way it's to the stomach and it's so ridiculous i forgot, I forgot what the story is but like the the mural's great uh the trial of chief wamapoke which is the one where the uh, chief wamapoke was tied to like a tree and then about two feet in front of him, literally two feet in front of him, is a cannon. <laughs> and they're getting ready to light it. Um, these are all horrible, by the way. I'm just laughing because, I mean, like, they're it's it's ridiculous. But it is also just, it's it's hilarious. I'm sorry. They're, they're terrible, but they're hilarious. Um, the Spirit of Pawnee, 
And that's one where there's like a locomotive just like coming through town, but then they pan out and there's actually a Wamapoke Indian curled up on the track that's about to get run over. I can't remember if he's tied up or not, but there are people like off to the side, like watching. Uh, so, um, but then even um, this isn't one of the city hall murals, but Jerry's painting, the one that he does of Leslie when she is the topless centaur. And then Tom's the the fat baby. I love that so much that he he gets to dig at Tom. Like he does it inadvertently, but it just goes to show you that like in the back of Jerry's mind, he's probably just like, oh, Tom, that son of a bitch, you know, and then just like happened to because it, it looks exactly like Tom. But anyway, um, yeah, so that was a cool one. Uh, that that mural actually, that was an awesome mural that he drew. And then uh, the last one back to City Hall. This is probably my favorite one. And it's the uh, Traveling Magician. And there it's, Leslie talks about how this, uh, how Pawnee is very afraid of, uh, afraid of curses and like superstitions and like, you know, anything like magic, I guess. So there was a traveling musician that came to Pawnee and he pulled a rabbit out of his hat and the people burned him at the stake. <laughs> and this was in 1973. <laughs> That's the best part about it because then it shows the people and they're just like hippies. You know, they all have like bell bottoms and stuff. But like, yeah, the, the dude's like in town square, just like to a post and they're just burning him to death. Oh my God, it's so horrible, but it's so good. Uh, next on the list is uh, Duke Silver. Uh, Ron's alter ego. Uh, the first time we hear about Duke Silver that I recall again, I'm sorry if I'm it's late and uh, if I don't remember all this stuff off the top of my head, but uh, Mark Brandanowitz, I believe, was the first person to mention to say the, the name Duke Silver. And that's when they were uh, doing the, it was the episode where they're all digging up dirt on each other. And Tom had nothing. He so he was he was getting desperate. So he went to Mark. And Mark told him, uh, go to this bar called Cozy's in Eagleton and ask for Duke Silver. And at that point, we have no idea what that means. You know, like we I first time, I mean, I figured it was just like, hey, go ask this guy for information about Ron. And I assume that's what Tom thinks, too. So you thought it was going to maybe a character that we knew, like in disguise. And sure enough, that's what it was with Ron. But like maybe thinking it was someone else from town that was going to like be the rat to tell us uh some dirt on ron but then uh we also see in the episode 94 meetings when april quits after ron yells at her she um he calls her zuzu like kind of mockingly or not not mockingly like jokingly because that's what her parents called her he's like you got a zuzu and she's like she says something back but she calls him duke silver and it's like he's walking out and he's just like he immediately stops and closes the door and turns around. And she's like, I knew you were him. Like from the first time I met you, my mom loves you. And, you know, they make a pact. She's like, don't worry, I won't tell your secret. And um, so the the first time we actually see him, though, well, actually, I guess, yeah, in that episode with Tom, Tom goes and sees him. And that's um, when we see him for the first time. But. Yeah, we see him again in uh, the episode where they're making the the campaign song for Leslie when um, they're singing Catch Your Dreams, which is uh, the, probably my favorite Miles Rad song. But yeah, Catch Your Dreams. Uh, Ron comes in after they're taking a break because like Andy wants to just scrap the whole song. 
And Ron comes in and puts the saxophones behind it, and it sounds awesome. And when they're at that recording studio, there's pictures of him on the wall. So he puts April in charge of just making sure that no one finds out. So she's like taking all the pictures down and stuff. And then Jerry's actually drinking a coffee mug that has Duke Silver's face on the side. So it's Ron's, but just with a like a, a hat and sunglasses. She just swipes it sw- or swats it out of his hand and it just explodes on the floor. So, um, you know, he has no idea why she did that. But it's just because it was when the way he was holding the cup was facing out towards anyone. So whoever would have looked would have been like, why is Ron on your cup? Um so then, uh, yeah, he, I, I like the one too, when he, he plays, uh, to show Diane, like what he is like, he, you know, to show her that it's like, I, I'm not going to keep anything from you. No secrets, nothing like that. And they go to Cozy's and it's awesome because she gets distracted. And as she's distracted, looking the other way, he just gets up and he runs up on stage and like grabs his hat and his sacks. Like they have it ready for him. And he just starts playing and she's just her reaction is just like, Oh my God, like I can't, it's, it's, it's awesome. And then he tells, uh, and it's like mostly women, if not all women just watching him croon, he, he says, um, you know, this one's for my love, uh, my duchess. And he, he points to Diane and one woman, you know, it's, it's hilarious. It's just the cameras on her, but then you see like from out of screen, one woman leans over and she's like, I'm so jealous of you or, or you're so lucky or something like that. And then she goes back and then another one leans over and she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and Diane's just like, what the, f-? so, um, yeah, so he's, he's like, a he's another like little Sebastian around there, but actually this is Eagleton though. So I guess that's probably how he keeps the secret so well in Pawnee. Um, and he also, he plays the unity concert, which is like a huge step for him because this is no one knows except for, well, there's a handful of people. And then also, um, uh, Diane, because there's a part right, uh, earlier in that episode when they're at the unity concert and Andy, I think it's Andy. He says something about like, or no, no, one of the, one of, uh, Diane's daughters, she says like, Oh, you should go on stage with them. Just like being like like funny like uh yeah. she has no idea but then diane's like yeah why don't you go up ron and she actually does like a hand gesture of like a saxophone so it's like her kind of like yeah you know like you could do that like maybe show your your daughters like something cool like they don't know about you and so yeah he does end up doing it and you know he rocks it on stage and it's so good and that's when like leslie and ben they find out but Donna shakes her head like, yes, like she knew that, but we, so maybe she did, or unless she was just shaking her head, like, oh my God, like, yes, like, I can't believe it. I, I agree with you, but I wouldn't be surprised if Donna knew that because she's been working there. They, they said she worked there longer than Leslie. So she's known Ron and she knew about, um, you know, she's actually met Tammy one before. So yeah, it wouldn't make sense that Donna would know that, but we didn't know that Donna knew that. And I don't know if that's the case. That's just, I, I think she did know. And then I think the last time we see him is the Johnny Karate show. Yeah, actually it is because that's like two from the end. Uh, he just comes out and plays uh, like the the exit, I think, or like the outro. So, okay. Um, Next on the list is the Letters to Cleo shirt. This is one of my favorite ones. Again, it's a Ben one, but... I just think it's so funny because I remember that band Letters to Cleo and I remember the song Letters to Cleo, by the way, is the band that plays at uh, the Unity concert that Ben is in love with, the the lead singer, when he's singing this song, you know, here 
and now, here and now. But he does the the actual like, and he knows those lyrics. It's so funny. Like when you see him doing that and then he like points over, he's like, I love you. I think it's Caitlin. I totally screwed that up. But she winks at him and he like blushes. But you see him wear this shirt, Letters to Cleo, and the shirt is just like a tan old kind of shirt that he uh that has the the album cover of that album on it and and like i said i just i remember when that song was a big hit when i was in like junior high that was in like the the late 90s and no 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 that's not true early 90s i graduated high school in the late 90s but anyway um yeah and, and that song was really popular and i mean like i liked it and like even hearing it now like in this episode when i like for the first time i was just like oh that's awesome like i totally remember that sh- that song i used to love that song and it's just so funny though because it just goes perfectly with ben like in his his love of like just like indie music and like really i don't know i don't know what category i would say but i don't want to mm, anyway uh so yeah we saw the uh first like in the episode where he got fired after having the um when they find out he was having an affair if you will with leslie and he's making the claymations and <laughs> so he's wearing that shirt and then uh for jerry's retirement he's uh, that that whole episode he just happens to be wearing it because he's uh still out of the job or he's not still out of the job this is just another time because ben's actually out of the job numerous times throughout the show but he always like winds up better than he was before um, in the, the, the cones of Dunshire episode where he figures or where he creates that game, which that's only, uh, it's like the cold open for that episode. And, um, actually is it in it more? No, I think it, that's, that's all it is though. I think is the cold open, but yeah, he's just, he's wearing the shirt there. And then, uh, of course, and, in, in moving up, that's when we finally, that that's the, the, what's so great about actually seeing letters to Cleo perform because you're like, Oh my God, like Ben's been wearing that shirt. And that's at that point, that was the fourth time they showed him wearing the shirt. So it's like, that's awesome. And then they went out and got, I, I don't know if they're still a band. I mean, like they have an Instagram. They've actually liked a couple of my um, posts on the parks rec meme page, which is really cool. Like that, that's still awesome. Like I just tagged them in a couple and, and then like they've even shared, uh, they shared one or two of them on their, uh, their stories. But it, it's it's just awesome. Like so, I, yeah, I guess they're still a band, or at least someone's still running that page for the band. So that's pretty badass. And then um, he wears it again in the Parks and Rec special, which was the the COVID one. But it's it's they were they were kind of like the the way they wrote it was to me. I, I kind of rolled my eyes because. He comes on, you know, the first time you see him, and he's wearing it. And you're like, oh, awesome. Like, you laugh a little bit. But you can tell the shirt's, like, brand new versus the one he had. That's not a big deal to me. I just, like, they could have probably, like, thrown it in the washing machine, like, a couple dozen times. I don't know. <laughs> that seems ridiculous. But um, Leslie, right when he comes on, she's like, oh, no. I know what this means if you're wearing that shirt. So it seemed to me like they were really telling you. It's like, hey, remember that shirt? He wears that all the time. That's supposed to be funny. So it was kind of like you didn't need to mention the shirt. Like we know the shirt, but I guess it is with her character too. Because yeah, Ben, as I said, like in these uh, these uh, other episodes where he's wearing the shirt, it does seem like it's like his more of like lay around and do nothing or like I'm depressed shirt. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Um and then, yeah, like I said, it's just, it's amazing to see the band. It comes to fruition and you see them play at the Unity concert and it's awesome. And uh, the final one on my list is Burt Macklin, 
who of course is uh, Andy Dwyer's alter ego and <laughs> just a great character. Like, I mean, a great character from a great character, but Burt Macklin, the way he just takes himself so seriously and the way that Andy like almost like believes that Burt, Burt Macklin is like a real person, you know, that's his, uh, her, his persona when he wants, or persona, whatever, when he wants to, uh, you know, be authoritative. And the first time, uh, the first time we see him is in the episode, Greg Pakaitis. And this, I don't think he has his jacket yet, but he comes up with this character or he's already had the character. Cause we find out later, like Anne knows who Burt Macklin is. And this is like long after they broke up. So we know that this character has been around like, or at least it was around when they were dating. So it's been around for a while, but anyway, um, it's so good because Leslie's trying to interrogate this kid and Andy's like, yeah, give me a try. Let me, let me see if I can do it. So he goes in as Burt Macklin and then, the next scene is just him crying. Like, and he's yelling at Greg Pagite. It's just like, you're just a jerk. You you don't talk to people like that. And it's so good. And Leslie's like, what, you know, or, or Greg tells you, he's like, are you crying? And he's like, I'm crying because I'm allergic to jerks. But it's so good. Uh, and then like in the, the, the fight, which is probably the best Parks and Rec episode, um hit that's when him and april go to the snake hole lounge and she's dressed up like a character um her, her character which we see a couple times uh throughout the series uh janet snake hole and then he's burt macklin of course and they just uh they role play uh throughout the night and that's when tom is um releasing his new drink uh snake juice which gets everyone disgustingly drunk and and like what's in that demerol uh, then in the episode bus tour, when they're trying to figure out who tried uh, throwing a pie at Leslie's head, um, but it ended up getting Jerry on accident. <laughs> and it's so good. Like when you see April's reaction, like her laughing in the camera, like at first you're just like, wait, was it April? But you realize from the angle that it couldn't be. But um, yeah, he turns into Burt Macklin to try to solve the crime. And it's so good because when he when he puts the pie on Jerry's head and then slides it up more and he's like, all right go clean yourself up. Let's do this again. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And uh, he's using the magic or the permanent marker on the TV screen. And Jerry's like, that's, that's not like a wipeable. He's like, go, you know, it tells him to do whatever he's doing. Um, in the, the, the Pawnee Commons episode where he is, um, he's doing the security for city hall and he hates it. So he calls April and she comes up and she's playing a character called Judy Hitler <laughs> And uh, so the two of them are just like doing their thing and they, they find a, this, there's this little boy who's lost in City Hall, which it's like, what the hell is this kid doing here? It's like pitch black and uh, you're led to believe that it's like the weekend or something, or at least the building's closed. It's like, how did this kid? Uh, anyway, um, that's uh, nitpicking, but uh, it's late and I'm getting tired. Um, the Johnny Karate episode, that is uh, the last time we see Burt Macklin. And that's just... Um, because Burt Macklin, I believe, is just part of that show. He has like his little segment. And yeah, he's like the police chief. Um, so it's, I love it when Andy, um, just like, yeah, when he, he's t he tries to be authoritative, you know, and he's like talking in the phone. And actually, I think Donna comes in and gives him a, like a work assignment or something. And he's on the phone. He's like, stop, get, stop, get off my ass, you know, or whatever to like the police chief. It's just, one of those um, the stereotypical things you always see in like the the old um, Bruce Willis movies and like the like Lethal Weapon and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, so that's gonna 
going to end my list of uh, running jokes. Man, this is a long episode, or at least it seems really long. Again, it's probably because I'm really tired. But um, uh, yeah, it's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for uh, for bearing with me again, bearing with me for bearing with me again. I I really appreciate any uh, or everyone for uh, listening and sticking around because um yeah last week and, and was it a two week gap or just one week I just didn't feel like doing it last week. Um, my friend Mike, uh, who's a listener of the show, he's also Elf from Melmac. Mike, can you write the show again, please? As Elf from Melmac, it's been a while. Um, so let's wrap this episode up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast and at parksrecmemes. Again, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you when I see you. The Joan is a tumbler of gin with crushed aspirin around the rim.